It's time for Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. Presented by Twin Peaks, your local sports lodge. Come in for free made-from-scratch food, signature 29-degree draft beers, and all the scenic views. I'm just going to pause while you start drooling. And brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors of Wapiton. Now your host of the show, Josh Swanson. It is time to get back on the victory train. Bison Nation as your herd takes the field at 2.30 this afternoon against Illinois State. Coming off a tough 23-21 loss to South Dakota State two weeks ago on a bye. Last week a battle of 5-2 and two football teams. Both 3-1 and one in the Missouri Valley football conference and this is a big one because you gotta set things straight the bison are still number four in the country they have an opportunity to control their own destiny with respect to securing home field advantage throughout the fcs playoffs as bad as that loss was as unaccustomed as we are at sitting 5-2 and two with two losses in a season before Halloween. If the Bison win today, they're 6-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one in the league, and things are looking pretty good. But they're going to have to play a resurgent Illinois State football team under Brock Spack. That guy's that guy's got some tenure in the in the Mole Valley. He's been around a long time. His teams are always well coached. They got a transfer quarterback, Zach Anikstead from the University of Minnesota. My question, Bison Nation, with respect to Illinois State, you see the numbers, you say, well, Swan five and two overall, three and one in the league. That's the exact same record as North Dakota State. Are the Red Birds a paper? Tiger. They've won their last three football games in a row, so they're on a bit of a heater. But those three wins are by a combined total of 10 points. And yeah, a win is a win is a win. But they snuck by you and I 23-21. And they snuck by USD 12-10. 12-10. You saw that USD defense at North Dakota State throttled in the second half in Vermilion after just a sluggish diarrhea-like start. I said diarrhea-like start because that's what it was. Let's not put lipstick on a pig. And then a 27-21 victory over Indiana State, which is very similar to the, the outcome of when North Dakota State played Indiana State. So this game is fascinating from a lot of angles. I, I would expect this Bison team better come out dialed in. They better come out sharp. That first half, two weeks ago against the Jacks, this team was ripping and roaring, baby. And then the wheels just fell off the second half. If that doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth, for two weeks into a bye week, a lot of things to work on. The tackling, the rush, defense, North Dakota State, 62nd in the country in rush defense. What? is up with that. That is a number that we are not accustomed to during this championship run and beyond that in the history of North Dakota State 
football, 17 national championships, eight in Division II in the small college level. That's what it was called, the, the uh, small college division back in the 1960s when the herd won it all in 65, 68, and 69. And, of course, three or five Division II championships, followed up by nine FCS titles, 62nd in the country in rush defense. That has to get better, man. North Dakota State for being 5-2. and two. Cam Miller's playing pretty well. They've been efficient the last three games. He's completing Miller better than 70, 72% of his passes the last three football games, which includes a 17-22 performance against South Dakota State. He was 51-67. That's over 75% over that three-game stretch with three touchdowns, no interceptions. Passed for a career-high 227 yards against South Dakota State. So on the one hand, I'm saying, hey, why don't we rip it a little bit more? Let's go down the field. Dial it up. I, I, I think I might just cash it in. I've been calling for the long play-action stuff all year. We haven't seen it. One of these games, maybe, I, I don't know. Well, I suppose with Braylon Henderson, they had that nice shot down to the five against South Dakota State, not to, to relive that. We talked about that last week. The problem is... When you're 62nd in the country in rush defense, the perfect elixir to that is long, sustained drives. Running the ball, grinding the clock, picking up first downs. If you do that, the other team's offense doesn't have a chance to exploit your run defense. I would suspect that that'll be the formula today for the herd, like it's been for the last 40, 50 years Extend drives, pick up first downs, timely passing. That rush defense, though, we got to get better. We got to get better. It's not, this isn't, I think NDSU is a really good football team. I think if they fix the rush defense, they're going to contend for a national championship. I think if they don't, they're going to be in trouble once they get to, to maybe even the second round of the playoffs. I mean, heck, they've got, they've got four games left this regular season against Illinois State, Western Illinois, Southern Illinois, in the University of North Dakota. Outside of Western Illinois in a trip to Macomb, those aren't layups. Those aren't gimmies. This herd team, the way it's been playing, needs to play well to win those games. If they can get some stops, then they'll be fine. And what's so interesting on the flip side, the pass defense, if you had to guess, dear listener, out there in radio land, if you had to guess where North Dakota State was ranked in pass defense, what would you guess? The Bison are 62nd in the country in rush defense. They're 10th overall. I'm not making that up. The numbers don't lie. The Bison are 10th overall in America in total defense. 10th. Doesn't feel that way after a second half against South Dakota State where we got kicked square in our beanbags for 30 minutes. First half, they played really, really well. And if you look at the stat sheet, they held Mark Gronowski, who is this, you know, really, the the media has this obsession and infatuation with Mark Gronowski, and he's been pedestrian. He has been average this year. Yeah, the Jacks are 5-0 in the Valley and 7-1 overall. That's on the strength of a really good defense and a rush game. Gronowski, I can make an argument. If you take a look at the numbers and the performances and the eyeball test, the better quarterback two weeks ago in the Dakota Marker game 
wasn't Mark Gronowski. It was Cam Miller. But, but Gronowski gets all this love and attention. The Bison defense shut them down in the first half. They were the aggressors. They had those sacks. Man, alive. Fourth in the country in pass defense, 10th overall. Fourth in the country in pass defense. Illinois State likes to throw the ball. If you take a look at what they're doing, putting up 334 yards per game, 222 of those are in the air. So you're talking about just maybe two-thirds, about six, using my Maddock, five, eight, three, four, eight, the Bobcat math, about two-thirds of their offense per game, 60% to 66% is through the air. Now that's very unbrock Spack like Illinois State traditionally his teams like to run the ball. Think Marshawn Copridge, Trey Robertson, that great quarterback they had that uh, North Dakota State played in the FCS title game in January 2016 and just th- humped 14. Was it 14? 2014 season, uh, 2015 was the game where they played Illinois State. This year, not so much. They like to throw the ball with the Zach Anikstead, who's completing 62% of his passes for 10 touchdowns. Bison through the air have been really, really good. Do we get Cole Wisniewski back today? That would help with the linebacking core. I suspect if Brock Spack sees the tape, though, says North Dakota State is giving up 157 yards a game on the ground, we're going to go right at him. Let's try running the ball a little bit. I suspect they will. If you're a coach and you watch the tape and you see the games, you don't have to be a rocket scientist at the X's and O's, a Bill Belichick type, to say where is North Dakota State really, really good on defense? Pass defense. Where are they not so good? And frankly, where are they weak? Run defense. If you're the 62nd ranked team in the country, giving up 157 yards on the ground, you got some work to do. Stopping the run. So I would expect, at least early on, Brock Spack and the Redbirds are going to try to attack this Bison defensive front. And in the last two weeks, that's what is so fascinating. Buckle up, 2.30 this afternoon. We are going to learn a lot about this Bison football team. We are going to learn a lot. What have they done in the last two weeks to fix that. And it's not all, I see all this just stupid crap on the Bison media, the Facebook sites and callers to shows and on Twitter and Facebook calling for coaches' heads. You can put in the game plans, but if the guys, if the Jimmies, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmies and Joes is a big saying in, in the NFL. You can tell guys stuff all week long. You can teach them and coach them in practice. You can show them tape, but it's up to them to execute on Saturdays. There has to be some accountability and ownership from this Bison defense to do that. And when they play well, they're really good. That's what's so that's what's so frustrating. When the Bison defense plays like they're capable of playing and doesn't have missed assignments, they look like they did in the first half against South Dakota State. When they don't, and they were put in a tough spot. I mean, we can rip on the buys and defense. I thought overall, going back and watching that South Dakota State game, you can't pin that all on North Dakota State's defense. They held South Dakota State's high prolific offense to 23 points and couldn't win the football game. Part of that is a product of complementary football. 
The offense did not hold its end of the bargain in the second half. The Bison defense was continually being put into positions and situations where the offense is giving them the ball back after three and out. Not getting first downs, Bison defense right back on the field. They were on the field for something like 22 minutes of that second half, and they only gave up 16 points to a pretty good South Dakota State offense. And they held them to three field goals. They bend, 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 but didn't break. So we can be critical as a fan base all we want to the cold green defense and that rush defense and giving up 157 rushing yards per game. But had the offense done its job in the second half, the Bison, the narrative is totally different. The narrative is totally different. We'd be sitting here 4-0 in the league and 6-1 and overall. We'd be the number one team in the country. We'd be talking that, well, man, if this this Bison team, they beat South Dakota State, who's the second best team in the country, they're not playing their best football. And that's that doesn't change whether they won or whether they lost North Dakota State. The number one team in the country, the Bison lost to them by two points and should have won the football game for all of these warts. For being 62nd in the country in rush defense, for giving up 157 rushing yards per game, for not being able to pick up first downs and move the ball in the second half. Had the Bison played, I talk about playing a complete football game. The Bison played half of a football game last week. Had they put it together for three quarters, for 75% of the game, they would have won. Had they turned that deep pass to Braylon Henderson down to the four-yard line before the personal fall on the quarterback, had they turned that into the points, so it's either 28-7 to or 24-7, to the Bison would have won. So the Bison, they're right there. They're on the cusp, but can they put it together? What team are we going to see this afternoon, a team that is hopefully as frustrated and fed up as we are with some of the inconsistent performances, a team that finally plays complementary football, a defense that maybe gets some takeaways and puts the Bison in plus territory on offense, an offense that when they have an opportunity to put their foot down on the Redbirds' neck, they'll do it. We're going to learn a lot about this North Dakota State team at 2.30 this afternoon. And coming up after the break on Heard It Here with Swanee, brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors in Wapaton and Twin Peaks, your local sports lodge. Come in for made-from-scratch food and signature 29 draft beers and all the scenic views. We're going to bring on fan favorite brother Swan to talk about This North Dakota State team, the untapped potential, as it were, and the opportunity to right the wrongs and get back on the right track. Next on 740 AM, The Fan. Put your seat backs and tray tables in their upright positions because you are flying the friendly skies of Heard It Here Airwaves, where we bring you the truth and nothing but the truth, and we won't spend any time on our show talking about our fantasy football teams. Justin, the Bison got to come out just mad as hell this week against Illinois State. Players, coaches, they watch that film, they dissect it, and... 
so many what ifs in that game against the Jacks. And all season long, this team has to just be so frustrated with themselves. They're they're uh, yielding 60.7 penalty yards per game. Talk about beating yourselves against the Redbirds. The Bison, 13-2 in this series against Illinois State with a 20-0 win last fall in normal. The Bison are uh, 37 historically going back to 2005. 37 straight wins following a bye or open week, including 20 home games, 8 road games, and 9 FCS title games. What do you expect to see at 2.30 this afternoon from North Dakota State? Uh, I sure as heck hope we see a team that's mad as hell and not going to take it anymore. And you talk about themes and identities and, you know, thinking this week and on the drive over here listening to the show, you know, what is the identity of this team? If you were to ask someone off the street, the casual Bison fan, to define this Bison football team, I think you'd tell you two words potential and inconsistent. Yeah, we're sitting waiting. When are we going to see this team play four quarters? You said it earlier in the last segment. They played three quarters against South Dakota State. They win the football game. You play three quarters against Arizona. You win that football game. This team's undefeated. FBS win. You're talking about not being a, able to finish is just so surprising. Oh my gosh! You know, I for those of you that aren't aware of the uh, Brother Swan text chain, I was uh, almost late coming up here. Uh, Josh got me in the door just in the nick of time, and I was actually at home. Uh, with Sophie, our, our daughter, a toddler, watching a little Paw Patrol. And I'm sitting there watching Paw Patrol, thinking, what's the metaphor for this football team? And I'm thinking, complimentary football, right? We have our rubble, Mr. Lipke. We have our chase, Cam. You know, despite slinging arrows and hunting deers in the Fargo Dome there, I think you look at his numbers this year, he's been a little consistent. Yeah, Marshall, that's Coach Entz because it seems like he's putting out a lot of fires this year, right? I want to know who's our Rocky. Green means go. Nice, Is that, nice. that going to be DJ Hart? He stepped up a little bit in that SDSU game. Henderson had a nice game. Henderson catch. had a nice game. This receiving core needs to break out. If that happens, I think it takes a lot of pressure off that offense. It gives Coach Roll a lot more to work with, and maybe we can have uh, four quarters of football where we put up a couple points in the second half. It was the inability, you know, which is which is a great metaphor, I think, as a fellow Paw Patrol fan. The inability to run the ball in the second half against the Jacks. This team's strength is its offensive line and running the rock. They were not able to do that in the second half against South Dakota State, and they were backed up in third and long for a good part of that second half. And I think if you go back, the opportunities of, of eight things that needed to happen for North Dakota State to lose that game, all eight happened. All of them happened, which on, on, on the silver lining side, I say this team isn't too far away. This team is really, really close. But the, So I take some solace in the fact that for the breaks that didn't go our way, we still darn near beat a really good South Dakota State team. But on the flip side, it's the same thing I've been saying for a month and a half. When are we going to see a complete football game? When are we going to see a team that doesn't beat itself with the penalties? Some really, really bad penalties against the Jacks. And we've been against the Jacks, against the Coyotes, against Arizona, against Indiana State. Some missed assignments. You could, I mean, insert name of the team in the blank. And another red zone turnover. North Dakota State. Yeah, I went back and I, I took a look at the red zone touchdown percentages. NDSU is 19-28 a 28 
in the red zone on scoring touchdowns. Now they've kicked a bunch of field goals. I think overall their red zone scoring percentage is around 95%. But as a touchdown percentage, 68% of the time they're in the red zone this year, they've scored touchdowns. Well, they're not in, in 2021 and 2019. Both years were NDSU on national titles. If you had to guess the, the red zone touchdown scoring percentage, what would you say? Gosh, I don't know. Were we 70, 80%? That's what I would have thought, too. I would have figured that, too. 67%. So even wow. a percentage point worse than this year. But those teams in 2021 and 2019 were probably better overall football teams, at least by the end of the year, where they could get away with that. They could get away with only scoring touchdowns two of the three times there in the red zone. You go back to 2018, 78%. Scoring touchdowns in the red zone, 2017, 74%. So it's kind of a a pattern with this football team going back to 2019. Their red zone offense uh, scoring touchdowns. That needs needs to get better. And another red zone against the team, man alive, every week it seems like we're saying this. Another red zone turnover. When you're playing a team as good as – when you're playing anybody – when you have the opportunity to score, you have to do you it. Got to take the points. What changed the momentum in that football the game? Interception. The interception. Not just not just the the uh, the Cam's personal foul. That is what it is. The buys in worst case scenario after that, they got the ball at the twenty. They should have been lining up for a field goal attempt. Instead, they took points off the board by shooting themselves in the foot. And you can't you can't do that. Whether you're playing South Dakota State or Western Illinois, and if the Bison can clean that up. Today, it starts today. If they can start making that right, then I think this team can get a top two seed and make a run to Frisco. If they don't, it could be early November, early December for Bison Nation. You know, yeah, critical four-game stretch coming up, and you almost, it's uh, while a team is in the friendly confines of the Dome today, you know, you, you almost wish they were on the road. I think there's a little bit more different focus that comes on the road. Uh, teams coming into the Dome, Illinois State, Brock's back. They've been here before. They're going to be lit up. They thrive in this kind of environment. You know, oftentimes it's the only time a lot of these teams in the Valley play an environment like this all year. And Illinois State's going to come in ready to go. They're at the same spot as NDSU right now. You know, the the five and two, the the what three and one in the the Valley, and they have an opportunity to send a, a message too. This would be a big send win. A message for them to you know, in all likelihood, kind of secure a playoff spot and then chase a seed. Uh, today it comes down to it's a seeding type game. You know, you look at this, if you if you want that opportunity to be a top four seed, you got to win today. You need to. You need to win out. I, I think you can go eight and three. You can still be I don't top, think so. I think it eight and three gets you a top eight seed, seven or eight in there. You're getting the bye. Getting that bye is critical. You get a, a playoff game there uh, in the second round, but you're on the road from the quarterfinals. You think about last year, uh, and this is no offense to that Montana State team, the kind of season that Brent Vegan had down there and having another fantastic season again for Viggs and, and Bozeman. But that SDSU team that played in the semifinals against Montana State. They were spent. They were spent. They didn't have a bye. They had to play Thanksgiving weekend. Then they had to go on the road, on the road, on the road. That SDSU team, again, not take away nothing from Montana State. They were a better team than Montana State was, but they were spent. They were dinged up. They were injured. You don't get that bye week. You're going on the road. It catches up to you. Uh, so that that's why this game is so critical. you got to win this game. You go on the road next week to 0-7 Western. You get that. Then you have a stretch against Southern, and then you host UND. Uh, and UND, I proved, I think they proved they're the type of team that can hang with an SDSU for a couple quarters, give you problems. And But again, they just shot themselves in that foot, too. UND did last week with that pick six, up 14 to nothing. You saw South Dakota State, everyone's talking about. They're, they, 
They should beat Indiana State in their hobo days, their version of homecoming this afternoon in Brookings. It wouldn't surprise me to look up in the fourth quarter and see a one-score game. Indiana State, they hung with NDSU. They hung with Illinois State. They've hung with some teams. Their record doesn't reflect it. But if you look at the scores, this Indiana State team isn't getting housed week in, week out. They've been there. Now to South Dakota State. And South Dakota State, they had a real sloppy start. And UND's, UND at the Alaris, they were all kinds of revved up. Last weekend, they jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Then Tommy Schuster threw just a boneheaded pick six. and You, you know, he turned over the puck inside their own blue line. Uh, you can't do that when you're playing hockey up in Grand Forks. Not at, not at all. So this... this what the the Bison team that we see coming out? I would love to see this. We win the toss, we defer three and out. Get the ball back plus territory. Go down and score. We kick off. Hold them to three and out. We get the ball back. Go down and score. Send a, send a message. Send a message. Get out to a fast start and then play four quarters. Put it all together. And with with Cam, the efficiency has been there. He's completing seventy two percent of his passes the last three games. We saw a comp. You know, Zach Mathis had emerged that big big game, six catches, the touchdown against Indiana State. Well, then you got DJ Hart, and you got Braylon Henderson starting to to make some strides. He had some big catches. A couple weeks ago against South Dakota State, Stoffel, the tight end, was absent. I don't know if they just tried to take that away from the herder of NDSU. It was a product of the game plan or what it was. They they had that nice throw to Lipke coming out of the backfield again. But running the ball, being able in the second half, when, when you're up 21-7 to seven at halftime, just like we were last week or two weeks ago, rather, being able to pick up first downs, control the clock, and then come out of there with, with, with a, a nice workmanlike four quarters type of performance and no the turnovers and penalties we're at halloween we're almost in november at some point you got to stop that stuff at some point you have to be a disciplined football team and it's not just that with you know rajah nelson in the second half running the ball out of the end zone twice on kickoffs and on one of those times you're starting at the eight yard line you you notice in that game and i hate to keep talking about that sdsu game but that's the last one we played i mean this two week this by sitting in the cross just been like drinking dirty old soup bitter water um skunky beer stig and sdsu fair caught every punt and every kickoff right they played that field position game conservative just uh you understand putting yourself in the best position to win playing smart football and I hope we see that today when this team puts themselves in the best position to win to play smart football. You talked about it in the first segment. The coaches put in that game plan. It was fantastic the first half. We're having a lot of success, but it's up to the players to execute. You know, we're talking about penalties. We're talking about just some bonehead mistakes that mature football teams don't make. And Coach Enns has to be pulling his hair out week after week thinking, when is this going to stop? And you know, as a team, you look internally, the seniors in that locker room, the leadership That's council, where it's got to start. It has to be. has got to say, yes. you know, close the doors, have a meeting. Hey, guys, this stuff, this stops now. You know, right now to accomplish that first goal, Missouri Valley champion, need a little help. Need to win out, need SDSU to lose the game, co-champs. Um, everything is still in front of this team. Including a top two seed if they win out. Including a top two seed. Buckle down. Take care of your own business. Take that revolver off your foot. Stop pulling the trigger. You'll be fine. Amen to that. We'll break down the matchup with uh, Brock Spack, his Illinois State team. They've won three in a row, albeit by a combined total of 10 points in those games. And how are they going to react coming into a, uh, a really an interesting environment at the Fargo Dome? We're going to see that because that, that game against against the Jacks, that was the best Dome crowd we've seen in years. I suspect it's not going to have the same Five juice today. Five false starts in the first half. Five false starts against the Jacks. Yeah. Be of that 
celebrity, Ron Swanson, Parks and Rec, loved him in that role. Getting back to the Dome today. The guy is the top three mustache in the country. He, he, really, he really does, but his teams, his teams are disciplined. They're well coached, and they normally don't beat themselves. So now they've got a quarterback in Zach Anikstead that they feel finally gives them maybe the missing piece, which is reflected. Hey, they're they're kind of like the Minnesota Vikings. You can rip on them for winning close games. They've got the same record we do, and it's not like we've been blowing people out either. We've been in some nail biters. We'll break it all all down for you next on Herd. It here with the Swannies, brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors of Wapiton. Southern Illinois getting upset at the Dakota Dome in Vermilion last weekend by the Coyotes for, for their first conference loss. You and I at Southern at 2 p.m. Western Illinois at Missouri State at 2. Of course, Illinois State at the Fargo Dome at 2.30. And the uh, quote-unquote nightcap, Abilene Christians playing UND at the Alaris at 3 o'clock. You, you look... <laughs> What? You got your hand up over oh, yeah. there flagging yeah. like teacher, you want to talk. Yeah, called me. I, I was trying to recall, did you ever make it down to a hobo day when I was working in Brookings? Uh, if I did, I don't remember. Well, I mean, that's kind of the par for the course with hobo day. It's uh, it's their version of homecoming, but they call it hobo day because apparently in South Dakota. They haven't sold that out yet, by the way. They haven't, which is they kind have of not. They still have there, tickets available. The, uh, the hobo day uh, for listeners out there that don't know has or two, care two or care. <laughs> <laughs> Love it has two mascots. They call them. I'm not making this up. Weary Will and Dirty Lil, and they have two people dress up as those characters and ride in what they call the bum mobile. They still do that. They still do that. Uh, drive around Brookings a hobo day there at uh, Main Streets like Mardi Gras on the 4th of July. I can picture all the Heggies running wild, throwing their shirts off, breaking into cubbies and coach, having a blast. Coach Stig with a half-chewed stogie just freaking like schnapps. <laughs> Coming out of Taco John's. <laughs> Illinois State, uh, they kicked off the year with a 38-0 thump, and they got beat by Wisconsin. Then they snuck one out against a, a non-scholarship Valparaiso team, then they blew out Eastern Illinois 35-7. to Then they had a string of really, really tight ball games. This team has played in tight contests going back to the first Saturday in October. October 1, they lost 19-14 to at home against Southern Illinois. Then they won at the, at the Uni Dome 23-21. Took them four field goals in just a rock fight of a 12-10 win for South Dakota. Then last week against Indiana State, the Redbirds jumped out to a 20-0 lead in the first quarter and hung on for a 27-21 win. So this this is a team, Justin. North Dakota State should come out. If, if the Bison are who we think they are, they are who we thought they were. Let them off the hook. This this Bison team, and I know it's a little tongue-in-cheek and cliche when you know, 42-7 to heard the, the whole shtick that I got going on. But this is a Bison team that by all means should jump out and jump on top of Illinois State. And all Missouri Valley games that we've seen this year, no matter who you are, they tend to be dog fights and, and, and really tough contested football games. But what I'm looking for is a Bison team to come out fast, a Bison team to come out sharp and focused with no penalties or turnovers, and to really take control of the game early. Now, whether that's a... 24, 28, 7, 0 kind of lead at halftime. I, I that that's not what I that's not what they need to do in my eyes to play to play a good game to do that. But coming out and playing clean football 
executing, not having the penalties, not turning the ball over, not letting a team on third and 12 pick up first downs. And that's the third down conversion against the Jacks, too, was something that was just just nauseating to watch. The, the defense, they did a great job. They did a great job keeping SDSU backed up in third down situations, but then they couldn't get off the field. And that's what I want to see today, that code green defense to get off the field on third down. I, that's that's what will make me happy today. But Illinois State's got a quarterback that's a lot better than what they've had. Now, this this Zach Anikstead completing 62% of his passes, 10 touchdowns. And I know McFeely's in love with the guy because he's from Minnesota, so he's you know writing the gushing I love you columns. The Redbirds are only putting up 19 points per game. They're not a juggernaut offense. Offensively, they're the 84th team in the country in total offense, 62nd in pass offense, 94th in rush offense, and 95th. They're one of the worst teams in FCS in scoring offense. So Code Green needs to get out there and smack him around a little bit and put this dude on the turf. Put him on his back, right? Yeah, but like a typical Brock Spack coach team, you you rattle off all those stats. Here they are, five and two. They're not flashy. You know, they're the same type of team that came in here. Was it the 2019 playoffs? Nine to three buys and win. Yeah. That's the last time this team came to the dome. So they're not going to come and blow your doors off, but they just they, they seem to not make a lot of mistakes. They they do the little things well. They get off the field on third down, they bend but they don't break. And so I don't expect to see anything different from Illinois State today. But from an NDSU standpoint, I think Bison Nation would be I don't want to say incredibly happy because the Bison Nation lot, do they ever incredibly happy? Never. And this We could win in Frisco and they find ways like, well, offense coordinator. Well, in October we down. had two penalties in the second half. <laughs> oh, my God. Camp threw a ball over the receiver's head. So I, I think this the fan base would take a 28-17 type win as long as we don't make those mistakes, the personal fouls, the shooting ourselves in the foot. Turnovers. Turnovers. Just play a clean game like that and find something to build upon going into Macomb uh, and then the rest of the way out. Yeah, we're the one area where Illinois State's been pretty good this year. Third down conversions. They're converting 47% of their third downs, which is 18th in the country. And how, if I, I'll ask you this. What do you think NDSU offensively? Third down conversions on the year. Uh, where do you think they rank in the FCS? In the FCS? Yeah. I'd say probably the the lower half to lower third. Ninth. Ninth? Ninth in the country in third downs. Now, it's a product of recency. You look look at that second half against South Dakota State where we had only, I think, two first downs that entire second half. But NDSU on the season, and it's it's a by this point we have a big enough sample size where you know you might have one great half, you might have one bad half, but through seven contests, NDSU offensively is picking up converting 51% of their third down. You downs. know what's crazy and there it, is oh, that, ahead, that tells me it's just they're doing a nice job, obviously, they converting the third down, but just not in those key moments. Because yes. the only thing you remember, the key And not finishing drives. Against Arizona, yes. against South, South Dakota, Dakota State. State. Yeah. Yeah, picking up 51% of the third downs. when they put themselves, and even even last week, you know, there were a couple times, like that first half, they could have they got the ball back after the interception in the first half, we had the ball back. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Price muffed a punt. We fell on it. We still have it around midfield. We can't pick up a third and two or a third and three short yarded situation. Yeah, you, you it's that situational football. And maybe maybe that's where this North Dakota State team. No one's really talked about it. Situationally, normally this NDSU team is so good in situational football. 
That they haven't been this year but at all. Who's your go-to guy in third down? I mean, Lop- well, Lupke for sure. Lupke for sure right now. But you don't have a guy like Gindorf, the possession type receiver before the Christian Watson and the, the big play threat. That's and that's what we're talking about earlier. Some of these other receivers coming up right now. You know, Braylon and DJ and Cam having confidence, and, and you could tell it on that last drive against South Dakota State. There wasn't that guy he knew like, hey, he's going to get open. I'm going to get him the rock. There was just it was, it was wishing and praying. Hey, maybe a hopefully skelter. someone gets open here. It looked a little dis. It looked it disjointed. Really looked disjointed, didn't it? just yeah. like that. The last drive against Arizona. You yeah, know, we go back to those two moments, and you know, as Bison fans, we've been so blessed. It's easy to get maybe overcritical and sensitive and keep on harping on situations. And that's and he has on the year he's completing seventy percent of his passes, eight touchdowns. Like he only has two or three picks. What he hasn't done, and and I think he's played well. I think he's played very well and done what he's been asked to do in this offense. But I've said it all year: how far this Bison team goes, you can you can set the run defense aside. They need to play better. Had the Bison had drives in the fourth quarter against, they had opportunities to win at Arizona and against South Dakota State, and offensively they did not get it done. And at a certain point in a contest, and throughout the rest of the year, there's going to come a point. This year to extend the season, whether they need a score or do you got to run some clock and yep. get your defensive break? Cam Miller is going to need to pick yeah. up that third and five, that third and six, that fourth and five, and he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't done it yet. He's had two opportunities, and and I don't I don't want him to have that opportunity today. I would hope that he doesn't have that opportunity until maybe a semifinal game down in Brookings or something like that. But but this team, you know, Illinois State, they've got some they've got some athletes at receiver. But their numbers aren't eye-popping either. Tanner Tolua, Jalen Carr, Daniel Sobkowitz, they're only putting up less, all of them less than 37 yards per game. And this Bison pass defense, if you're Coach Spack, and we talked about it in the open, if you're watching tape of this Bison team, which they have, they'll have watched every, take, every game they've played all year, where's the one area where you probably aren't looking to attack North Dakota State? Uh, yeah. But through the, through through the, the air. air. Through the air. The but, Bison. but that's the thing is – are we that good in the secondary or teams just having that much success running on us? Both. It's de- it's both. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely both. And you can see that even on some of these long third downs, what's so just mind-boggling and oh. frustrating. How many third and plus sevens this year have we seen teams decide to run the ball? It's it, Yeah, it really is. A lot. We Team- sat there up next to our buddy Russ there in Section 17, just frustrated uh, uh to beat the band. Mom said a lot of F words. Oh my god. And gosh. that F word was reminded me like that third F word was Christmas concert that, again when you missed your part. That F word was not fun. It was not it fun. It was not fun. It was not Fraggle Rock. <laughs> it was not it's not Fraggle Rock. But teams when when I see teams, especially in the second half, on third and plus fives, running the ball, having the grapes to say we're gonna line up and go right down NDSU's gullet and run the rock, that stuff never used to happen. Hey, if I'm coaching on I'm the windows, Coach Braun, the Alana's Club, I am challenging my guys today. For sure, I have you the are, aren't you? Staff make up those cutups of those just getting third pushed and off longs, the ball, getting pushed off the ball, missing assignments, missing tackles. Just like, hey, th- well, this ain't us. We say this isn't us, but come on, guys, step up, have some bison pride, finish it, get off the field on third down. You know, Wisniewski, I think if he can be back today, that that kid's that's a, a difference, difference maker. maker. Yeah, it, it shore up the, the middle of that defense, and you know, this team. But banged up a little bit too. Obviously, missing a guy like Mostart. I think right? I, I compared this to, and it's not apples to apples, but what I kind of get a vibe or a feeling of, maybe maybe that 2010 team, maybe a team that during the regular season they played well at time. This team's better than the 2010 team um, right now. 
Okay, at least at least as overall talent perspective, there's more horses on this team than there was on the 2010 team, and there were some really good football players on that 2010 team. You don't get to national quarters without having some dudes. They have not peaked yet, and what excites me, I look at some of these young guys, especially on the defensive side, and even offensively, you know, a DJ Hart, a Braylon Henderson, guys that are starting to emerge a little bit. So if you can you can get through today with the win, just keep piling up the wins, right? The more the more game reps, the more practices the more opportunities those guys get under their belt, the better they're going to be. And if we can get into mid-December, these guys that are, you know, air quotes, young right now and inexperienced, they're going to be a lot better. And maybe we get some dudes back, but that's what excites me. You know, get through this week, get the reps, get through this week, get a win. Get through next week at Western Illinois, get a win. The more game reps you're getting under some of these guys' belt, at a certain point, it's going to click. The light bulb is going to go off, and so that's that's what excites me because I, I know this team. They're five and two, three and one in the league. Which most teams, if you're number four in the country, Montana or Montana State or Sacramento State, Weber State, busting their nut. If they were in our position right now at five and two and number four in the country, they would love to be us. But because we're so accustomed to titles and winning games and and winning games and and winning more games yeah. we're five our fan base is sitting here just disgruntled at being four in the country and five and two and we come on the radio and we complain and vent for an hour if the bison can just find a way to get some wins and clean it up these young dudes especially on the defensive side come playoff time come a quarterfinal and a semifinal i i think i hope that it's going to click at some point you know bison nation i love them god bless them they have Ricky Bobby complex, right? If he ain't first, you're, you're last. last. That's how they feel. We're so accustomed to being in the old catbird seat, being one, being two, controlling our own destiny, and that's just not the case right now. Now, something wacky could happen at Hobo Day. Does Weary Will get in the bum mobile and run over Gronowski and Stigelmeyer, you know, reeking of the cigar smoke and Taco John's, drops on home against Indiana State. Something crazy can always happen in the Valley, right? But uh, Well, Southern Illinois, who had been a juggernaut, beat Northwestern, had won a bunch of games in a row. They go down to Vermilion in the Dakota Dome, and they, they South Dakota going into that game was uh, one in five. They were one in five and got their second win against the year against Southern Illinois last weekend. Yeah, it, it's wild. Anything can happen in any given week in the Valley, and uh, but the Bison have always had that comfort of controlling their own destiny. you know. And now they're, the margin for error in these next four games is slim to none. If you want to be in a position to host a quarterfinal game and get that bye week, so we'll see what happens. It's Let's get a consistent performance today. Let's go out to the Paris of Illinois in Macomb next week, get a dub, set up everything for a nice two-game stretch run to end the season. College game day ESPN's show is at Jackson State and FCS game. We got the game. We've got the game day on in studio right now, and it just looks bad, man. Overcast weather, a concrete. They're doing it in front of the stadium, and all you see is concrete. And look up there right now behind the bear, Justin. That's not even a full crowd. You got the band, people kind of milling about. I don't know if game day is second guessing their decision to go to Jackson State, but it's it's bad TV. It looks the FCS is not being well represented this morning. Because what I'm looking at on ESPN looks like crap right now. You know, I, I love the intent, though. That city's been through a lot over the last summer in the fall with the flood. Yeah, and just, uh, yeah. Those folks and Deion Sanders, a lot, it's a good so story. They're undefeated. This is a win for them. It's a good story. Yeah. You shake it up a little bit. You get to an FCS school for the first time since 2019. You throw a little love at the HBCUs. Uh, I respect that. I get it. But it's bad yeah, TV. I, it would have been nice for the fan base to show up a little bit and to to generate a little buzz like you, you know, saw and. Fargo and Harrisonburg a couple years ago, and 
And you, you wonder if they couldn't find any place better on campus because the the backdrop is just concrete. It looks like they're it looks like Terre Haute a little bit. I look at the background. I'm like, it's college game day in Terre Haute. But we'll come back after our last break here. Stick around for around the rink with Travis Dunn. He'll talk about UND's Hall of Fame Classic against Arizona State. A lot of hangovers in Vegas this morning from uh, Fighting Hawks fans. Uh, Brother Swan and I will have game day predictions next on Heard It Here with Swanee. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? We're rolling into a bison weekend. Heard it here with Swanee brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly. Smith Motors of Wapaton and our presenting sponsor, Twin Peaks, your local sports Lodge, they got made from scratch food, signature 29 draft beers, and all the scenic views. I want to thank Josh Linus for keeping the trains on the track this morning on Heard It Here. Stick around for Around the Rink with Travis Dunn talking about UND's Hall of Fame Hockey Classic against Arizona State. I would expect the uh, Fighting Hawks on the football side, the 3 o'clock kick at the Alaris against Abilene Christian. They're going to have 71. There's, let's put it this way. There's going to be parents of football players for the Fighting Hawks that are in Vegas for the hockey game and not at the football game. So I'm thinking 48 fans in the Alaris this afternoon. 48, 49, give yeah. or take. If you want to do a little looting and rioting, North Dakota, head up to Grand Forks today. The city's going to be empty. You can go home with one of those nice 27-inch RCA Some potatoes, TVs, eh? Maybe a VCR. Yeah, hit up. Uh, Some Timmy Ho-Hos. Timmy Ho-Hos. What's the Ernie the Angler back in the day? He'd always go to Whitey's. Go to Whitey's. You'll get a seat at Whitey's today. I, well, I don't think Whitey's has been around for a long time, buddy. Wow, well, yeah. So, I, I, you know, we talk about game day predictions. I think back to Indiana State and, and having to white-knuckle that game. The way we were running the ball, had we not turned the ball over, all those fumbles, we run away with that game. That first half against South Dakota State, we've seen stretches from this team. And I know I say it every week, but today I'm going to – I'll say it again because I'm a hapless romantic on this stuff, right? The Bison put together a complete football game. Dominate start to finish. It looks like the herd is here to send a message in their back. They got tired of hearing how much they sucked the last two weeks, and the Bison with the resounding win. Hey, Am I right? I'll sum it up like this. It may sound. Do, we, do you have another Paw Patrol metaphor in there? Hey, I got a life metaphor. <laughs> if nothing changes, then nothing changes. That's 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 great. I'm not even I'm not even sure what that's lawyer talk. That means if nothing changes, if you can't stop the run, if you make stupid penalties, if you keep on doing the things doing, the outcome doesn't change. So you got to understand this. Vanilla cake, vanilla ice cream, uh, Justin, with your flaming hot takes there. This section, this segment is called Game Day Predictions. So I'm going to need you to talk about how you see the game going down. Can you draw me a map, a little diagram for yeah, that? Right. Hey, hey, guess who I am? Man, it's going to be 42 <laughs> to 7. We're going to run some play action. Get a million bajillion yards. It's Bison bajillion, 42. Bajillion million. The rest of the country, 7. Go herd. <laughs> now, nah, here's what's nice. going to happen. We're going to see the same old, same old from this Bison, Illinois State type of football game and rivalry. I don't think they have what it takes offensively to beat North Dakota State. If NDSU puts together a semblance of four quarters, Bison walk out with the 27-13 to 13 win, enough to appease the fan base for at least a week before we take on the old Rocky and the Leathernecks down and make them. 
Yeah, did you say 27-14? 27-13. I'm going to go with 30-14. Uh, 30, 30 These are two teams that the strength of both both teams scoring defense. You know, you've got um, NDSU's 15th in the country, Illinois State's 22nd, the Redbirds. They're only scoring 19 points a game. They're only giving up 19. And NDSU, when it was the last time we've given up 18 points per game, I, I think we see I think we see a, a Bison team come out very, very mad, come out very, very focused, sustain some drives and, and and I think they play their best football game of the year because I don't think they have a choice. I think today I think today says a lot about who this team is. If if the Bison are able to come back and play well today, they might make a run if they if they lay a turd, drop an egg, then they're in trouble. Set the tone, come out, start fast, finish stronger. Let's have four quarter effort today. Let's take care of business. Get our way marching back to that promised land that is Frisco, Texas, America. The Bison put it all together. This is what you're trying to imitate me. The Bison put it all together. Those Rams, they're going to come out angry. And the Code Green defense has been tired of hearing how awful they are the last two weeks. You want to talk about a route? Here's a route. The Bison come out today and blow the doors off. 42 to 10. Heard. They're angry. They're mad. They put it all together. They play clean. Stick around for Around the Rink with Travis Dunn for Justin Swanson. I'm Josh Swanson reminding you that the strength of the herd is the Bison. And the strength of the bison is the herd.